All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here for a solo interview episode. If you missed it, John and Chuck and myself recorded an episode just a few days ago. That is still very relevant. We will record our next one shortly. Not exactly sure when that's going to be. We're in the offseason, probably coming every couple weeks, but uh, we do have some things we need to get to that we're looking forward to in the offseason, so you will keep getting full episodes of Fast Break Breakfast all year round. Today's episode is about the Los Angeles Lakers, talking with two guys who are incredibly friendly and respectable and trustworthy. I say that because I've long held a suspicion of Lakers fans, but the more I go to Las Vegas Summer League, the more I keep meeting really nice and funny Lakers fans, and I feel like it's good for me as, as a human being to learn that. So hopefully, uh, Lakers fans, you can look past my hate and enjoy their perspective as uh, two guys who are smart and follow the team and seem to be decent enough fellows. Uh, if you want to support our program, the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash breakfast. There you can support the show financially. Pledge uh, just like a buck or two a month really helps us out, shows that you enjoy our product. It gives us a, a morale boost and pretty much all that money we use uh, on ads so other people can find the program. So right now we're just investing it all back in the show. So if you like what you hear from us, if you've been a longtime listener and want to help us out there, you can go to patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. My guests today, that's right, plural guests, are Anthony Irwin and Harrison Fagan. They cover the Lakers for Silver Screen and Roll, the SB Nation Lakers blog, and co-host Locked On Lakers Together. Gentlemen, how's it going? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about signing off because I warned you before we went live that like I, I prefer it go Anthony hosts the show and Harrison keeps me down, but I'll, I'll 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 try to get by. I'll try I'll try to rally and I'll try to get by and for the rest of the show. That's pretty good. And oh, that I remember it- that you said that I drag you down when I produce the show next time. I think I'm just gonna bleep half your words so <laughs> it sounds like you got drunk. It sounds like it sounds like Anthony is the John Burr from our podcast of your show. The I'm the host. Yes, Harrison puts it together, edits it. Keith puts it together, organizes it. But let's be real. You know he's yeah, co-hosting. He, here, Harrison does all of the work. I just show up and say stupid things for about a half hour, and then we we, we get out of there. There you go. That's cool why are you reading our iTunes reviews? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, so so uh, Harrison, how how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I I can't I can't complain. As of when we're recording this, the Lakers have not signed Derrick Rose, so. You know, uh, that actually, this line's probably going to speak it into existence. But uh, I'm do- I'm doing well. I can't I can't complain. But back from Vegas, barely survived summer league. It was far too long for me to spend in the desert. I think my brain cooked a little bit, but other than that, uh, pre- doing pretty well. Yeah, a peek behind the curtain. We were recording this on Wednesday night. I'm not sure when I'm going to release it, uh, but 
Harrison, you were in Vegas for forever. How long were you there? <laughs> I was there from the Thursday before summer league started until the Tuesday right after it ended. So like 12 days. That's insane. Is that on your dime or you, do, you, you, do you get to expense these things? I do not get to expense that. No, that was on uh, that was on my big blogger budget. <laughs> BBB, we're going to get sued. Uh. Yeah, no, see, it's not a lawsuit as long as we speci- specify that, uh, you know, I said big blogger, blogger brand. Yeah, those are, low, those are lowercase b's. The middle b is facing backwards. It's a d. It's very confusing, but it's actually. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we go any, in, any further, we talk on our show about breakfasts. So I'm curious, I guess I'll switch this up again. Never had two guests before. What was the best breakfast you guys had? I know Anthony, you were in Vegas too for a bit. What was the best breakfast you guys had when you were in Las Vegas? I'll start because Harrison isn't allowed to talk about food. So there, there was this place called hash a go, go or something hash a go or something out there. It was like a minute away from the house and they had this chicken fried steak that was roughly the size of a dinner table. So it was just, it was really good. The, for me, the key is always the gravy. It's always, you know, the gravy has to have a little bit of a kick to it. I thought that was really good. Um, and then the hash that was served next to it was was really thick. I couldn't move for like a solid hour after we finished eating. But that's the point of a good breakfast, I think, right? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> it sounds good that's really funny uh hash house a go-go was reco- yeah. it was recommended to me to eat there when i was visiting vegas and i actually had i had tentative plans to actually meet a friend of both fast break breakfast and locked on lakers uh damon rangula we were planning to meet there but then i ended up running late i met him over at a sports book you know we just had to grab some quick eggs <laughs> But uh, I did have plans to go to Hash House of Go-Go, but I didn't make it. So uh, now I'm disappointed. You say it was uh, it was pretty good. It was really good. And then they also had this, like, they had this pancake that various guys from the SB Nation house ordered. And I'm telling you, the it, the biggest pancake I have ever seen. And, like, bar, not just in terms of surface area, but, like, the thickness of it. It's It was thicker than, like, two of my, uh, my laptops. <laughs> so all the SB Nation bloggers got the same pancake? Uh, they no, all I, shared it. It's all they could afford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think so. I think you're saying there's a giant no, one, pancake, and each person ordered that at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. we went to the, we went to the place like two, three times. So Ryan Morton got it twice and actually ate all of it the second time he got it. And then uh, just it was just it was like a, a joke that ran throughout the house that somebody at some point had to finish the damn thing, and and eventually Ryan did. Yeah, that seems Shots like Yeah, that seems like the man the, the man to do it. Harrison, <laughs> in, in your in your 12 days, what what was the uh what was the best breakfast you had? Okay, so I was I'm not normally a big breakfast guy, but I was trying to think of the take that would make Anthony the most angry. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I wasn't able to come up with anything particularly that that would upset you, so I apologize for that, I guess, Anthony. But I did I went to a buffet at the Mirage that had uh, fried plantains, uh, like cooked to order omelets, stir fry vegetables, uh, like all kinds of different fruit salad and stuff like that. Really good coffee. And that was probably the best breakfast that I had out there. I'm not normally a big like breakfast person, but that morning I ate breakfast and it was really good. They had lots of vegetarian options. I've been to Is the... It- 
I've been to the the breakfast buffet at the Mirage. I've I've had the bottom bottomless mimosas there. There you go. It'll handle. That's the key. Yeah. The the I want to know like is it still an omelet if you don't get any meat in it? Yeah. I feel like yes. it, in my mind an omelet is just eggs when you fold them over and if you put like a thing if you put anything in the middle of that fold over that works for me. I don't know what the official well, yeah, definition is. There was like there was all kinds of different vegetables, cheese. Like Anthony thinks that food is not food without meat. Oh, yeah, so you you don't know no, like you know like a pepper like you know just cheese, peppers, or mushrooms or anything. Onions, all onions. Kinds of good yeah. Stuff. No, I like a good veggie a good veggie omelet. I'm 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 personally offended. This is good because on my podcast I get a lot of criticism for having the palate of a child. Much like <laughs> like I uh, like dinner means protein. Like I need a I need like meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and also I I love candy. Uh, but the uh, so this is Anthony. Same thing. You're like you know doesn't it have to have meat? No, it doesn't have to have meat. You can get a great breakfast without meat. I think I, I'd be I, taken to an a vegetarian meat place a couple times in Vegas, and I think he almost punched me in the face multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> it's not vegetarian meat is an oxymoron. Well, you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move to the Los Angeles Lakers. The, the the main reason I have you here. Uh, my listeners know I don't like the Lakers. I don't know. There's some talk you guys are, are debating. You guys might release this on, under your own feed. If that's the case, I want to let your listeners know I really dislike the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> I loved Nick Van Exel. Like, there was like a couple years in the early 90s where I liked the Lakers. But then like the whole Kobe era, just really, I don't know, it really chapped me raw. I, 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 I couldn't get over it. And then my favorite team, the Memphis Grizzlies, Gave you guys Pal Gasol for nothing. Yes, revisionist history says we got Mark Gasol, but I command you to find a trade write-up of the time that includes Mark Gasol as being a reason for the trade. So that whole thing, like the extra championships that Kobe got because of, of Pal Gasol, like that makes me angry. I had to live with, live with this for so long. Uh, but now I feel like we've kind of turned a page. Because the Lakers is it too late to say thank you really quick. No, no, you, you, you could say, oh, yeah, like, thanks. Thanks for coming on, guys. Catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to I was going to say the most heated I have ever seen you. And, I, and we've we've seen each other at, at Summer League now, what, two or three times Just, at this point? Hey, two, two times. Yeah, two times. Yeah, two times. So the, the this last trip, you were yelling at me in the back in the back uh, <laughs> in the backyard of the SB Nation house. That Kobe Bryant winning extra titles and winning more five more titles than Steve Nash is 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 somehow a metaphor for how the world is just a bad and terrible place. And oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, did, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's that stuck <laughs> there with is, me. There are no fairy tale endings in the world. The world is <laughs> evil people win and go unpunished. Like that. That's the moral of life. Uh, and yep. I, th- I I feel like Kobe Bryant exemplifies that. If if Kobe Bryant stays in Charlotte or wherever he ends his career as like a Mitch Richmond, a guy where we're like, should he be in the hall of fame? Well, I don't know. He scored a lot. I don't know. I, you would you can well, get I, the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to kick you off your own podcast. No, but I, I <laughs> but I, I will say this though. And actually you, you mentioned uh Domin earlier, but we were, we were DMing today and I was saying to him, I, he can actually screen grab the thing. I, I would, I would respect so many people so much more if they took your 
angle on this and just said, I hate the Lakers or I hate Kobe, then like the, the, the kind of like coward, coward, like, uh, jabs that people throw at him or throw at the Lakers or how like somehow now all of a sudden people seem to hate Lonzo ball. And that has everything to do with him playing for the Lakers. And, but I would, I would much appreciate it if everybody just like walked up to the, to the microphone or sat down at their computer and said, I can't stand that franchise. And then you could go from there and, and we could all get along from there. Yeah. I, I've always been a go against the flow on a lot of things and a lot of the big market successful teams. Like I, I cheered against Michael Jordan and the bulls. Like I hated Larry when I was a kid, I, I hated Larry bird and the Celtics. Cause it seemed like everyone <laughs> I knew was like, I love Larry bird. And I was like, Bill and beer's my man. He punched him in the throat. Uh, and so I, I've like, I, I've always been. And so again, like I, when, when the Lakers were, were middling, when it was like Sedell three and, and Van Exel. And That's I'm not my sure. favorite era. I feel like those guys played together. I'm not positive, but uh, like, Okay, yeah, like I enjoyed those Lakers teams, but then they got good, and my stuff was all like, just I don't know. My Kobe Bryant was just hearing him talk. I'm like, that guy is unwell, and I hate him. <laughs> so, uh, so it was it was from early. But I'm not. I mean, obviously, he was one of the most feared players in the NBA for years. Like when I'm cheering, when I'm desperately hoping any team will beat like Shaq and Kobe, and I know there's almost no hope. It was just like, oh, there's nothing Jason Kidd can do. Kobe Bryant's going to hit this game-winning shot. And so, like, I, I admit he was obviously one of the best players in the NBA for an extended stretch. But for me, the, the, the legend of him being big market, all that, I don't know. It rubs me raw. But transitioning from all that hate, and if anyone is still listening who likes the Lakers, uh, moving to Lonzo Ball, I got to tell you, gentlemen, I feel very conflicted. I don't, don't want to dislike Lonzo Ball just for where he got drafted. That's like, that's like, that, 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 that's akin to racism. That's a, or, or uh, <laughs> nationalism, like being like, oh, uh, you're born in France. I don't like you. No, no, no. That's that's the worst of humanity. So I feel very conflicted after watching Lonzo Ball in summer league. I feel like if he was on any other team, he might be my new favorite player. I th- I feel like he would be a lot of guys' favorite players on on. T- he plays. Like everybody hates Kobe for playing the me first style and the ISO ball and all of those things. Lonzo is the exact opposite of that. And yet people are still finding holes in his game. He's like, the, he's the anti Kobe. It's just, he's a Laker. So there really is. People... He's like, he's like the Kobe of passing. Like yeah. Kobe, you always knew Kobe was going to get those shots up. Lonzo is going to get those passes up. No, that's Rondo. Rondo's the Kobe okay, yeah, of passing. Like that's I am all... going to pass no matter what. Lonzo's like that, but if it worked and right. like was actually willing and able to shoot. I mean, we don't, we don't know yet if maybe he goes that route. But again, and I'm basing this purely on Vegas Summer League. I never saw him play in college. But those, Always the best way to base analysis. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I got to say, I'm, I'm pretty airtight on my instant analysis from Summer League, except for Chris Dunn. <laughs> I thought Chris Dunn was going to be real good. I, well, I, yeah, technically, the jury's the jury's out, but he looks he looks terrible now. He got he got broken somehow. Did Did you see the report coming out of Chicago today that that Ch- Chicago thinks that he and campaign can unlock each other's talents by competing in training camp? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not see that. Bless the Bulls' oh, hearts. Man. I was explaining to someone a few days ago the Bulls are in the worst place of of any franchise. Like they have no. I mean, technically, their salary sheet is pretty clean, assuming they don't do weird with Zach Levine, but yeah, they're, they're in a dark spot, but the Lakers, so the Lakers have been in a very, very dark spot. And now you guys, whatever you tanked your way, 
you bumbled your way into getting this this uh, transcendental guy. Uh, so what, how are you guys feeling? Are you guys feeling confident that now this is like like the path forward? It's going to be the playoffs in a couple of years. And we're going to build around Lonzo and you guys have your next superstar. Yeah, I'm, I feel pretty confident that Lonzo is the next Lakers star. I think I, it would be hard not to after Summer League, as much as I joke about Summer League is not really a good place to base your analysis off of. But it was less so than that Lonzo. Anthony and I talked about this a little bit on one of our episodes, but it was less that he led Summer League in assists or that he won the MVP or that the Lakers went and won won the title, but it was the way that he was playing and how sustainable it seems like every single summer league. You, there are a couple really hyper athletic guards that can just kind of get to the rim that have a bunch of success and then ultimately aren't that good otherwise, but they're just very suited for that summer league environment. That's not Lonzo. He was, he had the Lakers. They were having more assists in 40 minute games than they were in 48 minute games last season. He had them picking up the pace. His passing is so quick and he sees things so like immediately or sometimes even before they open up that there were multiple members of the team talking about that he was hitting them in the face with the ball because they weren't ready for his passes. And it's just the way that he reads and sees the game is it's borderline unbelievable. And so for the Lakers to get a player like that, it almost makes me feel like they can't really screw this up. I mean, it, it might be a couple of years before they go back to the playoffs. The West is pretty loaded, but Lonzo is going to be that next guy that is the next engine of the next great Lakers team. And, you know, since I said that, they will now use him to move Lou Aldang's contract over the weekend. <laughs> I was about to say, you're... <laughs> The Lakers can't mess this up. It's just a challenge to... Uh, There's Pol- no way they can screw Pol- this one up. Yeah, Polinka <laughs> and Johnson. Speaking of Polinka and Johnson, they have done... I guess all fan bases, you know, we get just kind of blindly optimistic about our teams that they're maybe making the right move. Like when a trade happens, we, we, we try to take the side. I think we default to trying to find the way that it works for our team. Polinka, you want to assume that authority knows what it's doing. It's like a natural human instinct. Right, and I'm here to tell you that the world will end out horribly for everyone, and no one is in charge pulling the strings. No, uh, so Palinka and Johnson, I feel like the attitude of Lakers fans has gotten very optimistic about them, but outsider hater me is still like, they've done nothing. Like, they traded D'Angelo Russell and Mozgov, you know, for Brooke Lopez, which is kind of like... I know the arguments for why they did it, but that's kind of questionable. And then everything else, it's like, well, you got, you know, you got Lonzo Ball. And that kind of that kind of ended up with the second pick in the draft. So how confident are you in uh Polinka and Johnson as of this taping on Wednesday in July? This one's I'll- for you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when the D'Angelo Russell trade happened, I had a meltdown that stretched for about a month, I would say. I'm I'm just now kind of <laughs> getting back to like, you know, I, I both my feet are on on the ground. I've I've stopped day drinking uh, other than, the, you know, the t- however long I was in Vegas. Um, but but I've, I, I feel a lot better right now than I thought I would at the beginning of the offseason when they kicked it off by trading away the team's best player. But like you talked about. You know, the I think, lack Anthony, of the I think you just described coping. Yeah. I no, I, I, <laughs> As the weeks have passed, the pain has numbed, and I th- yeah. I'm now okay with it. <laughs> like yeah, 
the scabs have turned to scars and you know <laughs> but but I, I think like you talked about the the lack of moves that they were gonna it they they said all along that they weren't gonna do much this offseason and yet even with saying that they weren't gonna do much and even with you know dealing with the contingencies that they that they strapped themselves down with they didn't want to have any they didn't want to add any money heading into next offseason because for whatever reason they think LeBron is on the table and they think Paul George is also on the table so given everything that you know how much harder they made their jobs on themselves they did get they upgraded at shooting guard uh Jordan or KCP is better than Jordan Clarkson I don't think that's arguable and they got better at center. They 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 upgraded from Timothy Moskov to Brook Lopez. And like, I would immediately jump in my own mentions to say, well, is KCP an upgrade over D'Angelo Russell? I think he's a more traditional fit, so that's going to make the team make a little bit more sense. But but yeah, I mean, the biggest addition here is Lonzo Ball, and he's every bit as good as Palenka and Magic had everybody thinking he was going to be, or at least you know through summer league he he proved that. And so because of that, because Lonzo Ball showed what he did, because Brandon Ingram played as well as he did in the one game that he played out there in Vegas, I feel pretty confident that the Lakers next year aren't going to be terrible, which I I know everybody listening is going to say that's not exactly a high bar. But the last few years, I headed into the season thinking, yeah, this team isn't going to be very good. Okay, so you said it's not a high bar, but what's your bar for not terrible? How many wins is that? I think they they crossed the thirty win threshold this year, and I think they do it fairly handily. I had uh, Darius Soriano on a couple times uh, in the last year, and he thought the last year's team was going to win thirty you know games. He thought like they would they would push ahead because he thought he thought winning was going to be be a priority for the team because they thought that would make the Lakers franchise more attractive to some of these uh, free agents. Winning thirty games, I'm, I'm curious. Well, actually, Harrison, how many games do you think the Lakers are going to win this year? I know, again, July, July caveat, but. 28 or 29, maybe. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I, to be honest, I mean, just look at the West. Like, who are they better than? You know, it, it's Sacramento. Just, it's tough. I don't uh, think, they're think they're better they're, than Sacramento unless Lonzo I mean, Ball is. They, I mean, they I think Sacramento be is weird. Than Sacramento. It's yeah, not sure. It's not impossible, but I don't think that it's guaranteed Phoenix. by any means. I think they're still better than Phoenix. Phoenix yeah, is the probably, big I mean, question Phoenix mark. has Eric Bledsoe and Devin Booker and like no other NBA players. So I and think that they're probably going to be better. I think Phoenix is probably going to be the Jared worst team in Dudley, the West next year. Josh Jackson. Yeah. Golden State. The Lakers are probably no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the other thing, too, that I'm going to add, like you talked about the incentive to win the Lakers this year. I think the bigger factor is that they don't have the incentive to lose. Right. So like. Late in the year, they're going to squeak by. They're going to get more wins late in the year because other teams are going to be trying to position themselves in, in you know, in, in the lottery. And the Lakers don't have their pick anyway, so they're just going to. And they are. I mean, like they're they're literally a year away from sitting down in a meeting with LeBron James potentially, and they need to show progress to him. Paul George said it himself that the Lakers aren't where they need where they need to be right now to be an uh, intriguing destination. They need to get the ball rolling. And no pun intended, though that would have been a good pun oh, to yeah. throw in there. Um, but but they they need to show these these superstars because what we've learned in the last few years is that a superstar doesn't want to be the first piece that gets built around in today's NBA. They want to they either want to show up together 
which is possible. The Lakers will have to move Luol Deng or they'll have to move Jordan Clarkson to be able to, to have two guys show up together. Or these stars want to show up to, uh, you know, they want to arrive at a destination that is already built for them. You know, Chris Paul went to Houston in large part because they were already really good. You know, and Paul George was okay and and talked about being okay with uh, with being in Oklahoma City because he joined Russell Westbrook. They don't want to they don't want to be the first guy there because generally speaking, being the first guy there means all more often than not a really frustrating career until that second guy shows up. Yeah, that's a good point to remember that when you're making your over under bets for the Lakers next year, something like six teams in the East are tanking next year, I think. And then, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's going to be a couple in the West. Maybe. It seems like the Kings and the Suns should. Who knows uh, if they will. But then again, also, I guess gamblers, you have to pay that popular Lakers tax where their, their over-under total is always a little bit too high. Eh, that's tough. Um, you mentioned Paul George. Is that the reason why Paul George is not a Laker right now? He didn't like what they were doing? Because it seems like it's almost, again, from an outsider looking in, it seems inexcusable that the Lakers did not acquire Paul George. It sounded to me, I mean, it, it, from from reports and then from some of the stuff that I heard, it sounded like Indiana did not want to do Paul George any favors. Yeah, like no, they, Larry Bird is a confirmed member of Team Petty. He yeah. just did not want to deal with the Lakers or give Paul George what he wanted. Yeah, it was it was a lose-lose there from the Lakers' standpoint. Like, you know, the Lakers looked like they were willing to move D'Angelo Russell. To me, Russell is a better piece than anything that, the, that Indiana wound up getting back anyway. You know, like the— Indiana got Victor Oladipo on a terrible contract, and they got back DeMontis Sabonis, who, like, had flashes, but really he's DeMontis Sabonis. Like, I think if they would have gotten D'Angelo Russell back, you could roll into next year and tell your fan base, look, we have this exciting young core with Miles Turner and with D'Angelo Russell. And, look, if I was an Indiana fan and I found out that D'Angelo was on the table and they said, no, we're going to pass, I'd be a little perturbed. Um, but I think it all comes back to Indiana. That's a, I actually, think. sorry to cut you off. That's a great question. Actually, I'm envisioning myself as an Indiana fan and I think I might be on team petty. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I would be very angry that we ended up with the Oladipo Sabonis package, but, mm-hmm. uh, if it's like, but I would actually did not want him to go to the Lakers because screw, screw Paul George. And yeah, I, well, you know, well, when in doubt, go team petty. Like I, I'm, I, that's one of the rules I live by. It's, it's written <laughs> over my, my bed and, and that's what, that's how I roll. But, but yeah, I, I really think, uh, Kevin Pritchard was, he said some really interesting things, you know, right when free agency started and he was talking about how, you know, Paul George put them in this terrible situation. So it sounded like Paul hadn't made himself any, uh, friends within the organization in terms of guys who were willing to help him out and get him to a place where he wanted to be. Cause it, it sounded like they, they weren't interested in Kevin love, which, you know, if they, if you're looking to remain relevant and remain in the playoff picture, I think you can, I think Kevin love is a better piece than either Victor Oladipo or DeMontis Sabonis. And then if you're looking to build for the future, D'Angelo Russell is a better piece than those two guys. So, like, if you're Indiana, if I'm an Indiana fan, like, cool, like, you, you, you stuck it to Paul George, but you did so at your own, uh, at your own cost, yeah. which, which isn't ideal. So you, th- you think it was, you guys, do, do you agree, Harrison? You think it was all on Indiana's side of the table where it was like they couldn't get it done? 
Well, I also think that the Lakers, for good reason, weren't really willing to offer that much when Paul George was being this transparent that the Lakers were where he wanted to go. And so I think the Lakers were willing to let Indiana get, you know, guys like Clarkson or Randall, who they aren't going to be able to keep if they want to build this super team that, that with LeBron and Paul George and whoever next summer anyway. And so they were willing to offer those pieces and say, hey, you can get something back in return. But otherwise, this guy's just coming to us for nothing. So it's up to you. And I guess Indiana, uh, I would guess, didn't like that negotiating stance when they already probably didn't want to deal Paul George to the Lakers because that's what Paul George wants. And you should break and you should really base your major franchise decisions over feelings and being angry at a guy like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, we've we've spent a lot of time kind of hyping up. Lonzo Ball, who, you know, is probably going to be the the all-star starter next year based on the fan vote. But the real hero of NBA Summer League was your man Kyle Kuzma, who played out of his brain uh, for like five straight games after Brandon Ingram went down with a little injury. What are you guys expecting from Kyle Kuzma this, this coming season? Or was it possible we saw the best five games he will ever play? Yes. MVP award, probably, <laughs> probably, probably MVP. I mean, I'm, I'm on board. He's like a locked in Rudy gay. <laughs> he's like a Rudy gay who cares. Like, he's a like, he's like, he's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, a, he's like an engaged Rudy gay on fire. <laughs> Rudy engaged. I, <laughs> I, but I, I think, uh, I cran just McBasketball at, Tim underscore NBA, uh, Tim underscore NBA had this really interesting stat with Kuzma at Utah, his three point percentages when he was shooting from the college three point line, which is like a, like a half a step in from the NBA one, he shot 29%, but from NBA distance, which I don't know how they actually charted that, but he shot 41% from that distance. And Harrison, you said that uh, Kuzma said that he prefers to shoot from further out there because he gets to use his entire body. And I, I don't know. I don't, obviously he's not going to shoot whatever it was 45 or 48% from three as he you did. You don't know that. Like. Don't be a hater. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do think though that like, he's the kind of player who you want around Lonzo ball. If he can space the floor, if he can get out and run, if he can defend multiple positions, then that's the kind of guy that you want. And the Lakers have two guys, Larry Nance Jr. and Julius Randle, who, you know, Larry Nance Jr. does some of the defensive stuff that you want, and Julius Randle does some of the offensive stuff that you want. But if Kyle Kuzma can be some, like, hybrid Julius Randle-Larry Nance Jr. kind of guy, it it opens them up to be able to include either Nance or Randle in a Luol Deng trade to be able to, but one, clear up cap space and two clear up minutes for somebody who based off of summer league, which, which again is like the, 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 it should have highlight should be highlighted. It should be circled, underlined, emboldened that the caveat here is based on what we saw in summer league dot, 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 dot. Uh, Kyle Kuzma looks like he deserves NBA minutes and the Lakers front court is really, really packed. So it'll be interesting to see what they do to get him those minutes. I think my favorite part of all that was you explaining to our listeners that the college three-point line is closer than the NBA three-point line. <laughs> <laughs> that rivals Rob Polinka explaining to us the other day what a hockey assist is. Oh, did I? I, I missed that. I've missed. I think Polinka has been dropping some some 
a lot of quotable things. What did, what did he say? Was he just explaining to people that the hockey assist was the pass before the assist or something? Yes, he he was talking about Lonzo and his effect on Lakers ball movement. And he goes, and a lot of them aren't even assists. They're the hockey assist, which is when you pass the ball to the guy who makes the assist. He also <laughs> told told a Bible story incorrectly. Uh, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Oh, was he incorrect? Well, I mean, he said in Genesis, there's the story of the Israelites wandering through the, the desert and getting the bread from heaven. Well, I mean, that, that's an exodus, you know, the exodus when they're wandering. But anyway, yeah, he, he, he called uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, who we call on our show, we call him Kinsane Clown Posse. But now I don't know if you want to call him bread from heaven or manna or, or what it is. But no, Plinka didn't get that completely correct. Bread from heaven oh, is. I, would be, I didn't even. How did nobody fact check him on that? Well, I mean, because he's Rob Palinka. Like nobody fact checks those either. He or Magic Johnson. When they I, I need. I need the New York Times to put a qualifier in there if they wrote about that press conference yesterday. <laughs> that like actually that story is from the da 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 da. Yeah. That's Bread what, from Heaven would be one of the greatest nicknames in NBA history. Yeah, yeah, no, that's his nickname now. No, no, Ken saying Clown Posse is better, but <laughs> if. Anytime he makes a three, you do need to, someone needs to yell bread from heaven. Especially if they're in a scoring drought. Like, that was the bread from heaven they needed. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I mean, it gets sick. This this could be, this could be like, like a serendipitous where, uh, Sauce Castillo style, where, uh, he's just given, again, the manna from heaven is dropped. And that is, uh, that is KCP's nickname. Uh, what do if you guys see? Good and stays with the Lakers for a while. People are going to start like throwing slices of bread onto the floor when he's playing well. Stuff like to intimidate opponents. Who knows? Possibilities are endless. Like they're feeding a duck. Uh, do, do you guys? Yeah. Do you guys think that he's going to be there a while? Like, what is the future for the Lakers? Is it all hoping for a LeBron? You know, who comes in uh, like Jesus came into Jerusalem with the palms and the donkey. We're gonna have, we're gonna go full Bible this episode. How did you, how did you steal Rob Polinka's like speech he was working on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't realize we were we were recording with Rob Polinka. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it all hoping on on the Paul George or, or LeBron James, or are, there, are yeah. these guys they're gonna you know KCP has a future? So it it is. It's all hoping on big name guys. Yeah, I think it it kind of comes down to they they clear their books as much as they possibly can and they try to get LeBron and they try to get Paul George and and they do whatever they can to fill in a roster around them. I think the two guys who were probably safe are Brandon Ingram and Lonzo, obviously. You don't trade somebody with the amount of hype that he currently has. And I think you you move forward like that. And then, you know, if they don't get LeBron and if they don't get Paul George, then that D'Angelo Russell trade becomes one of the dumbest in NBA history. And, you know, you hope that maybe Lonzo takes another, you know, continues to really develop into a bona fide superstar, not just a potential one. And Ingram continues to, to make strides. And you go into the following year with KCP again and Brooke Lopez again. Uh, but if they, if both those guys are on the roster longer than their current, contract then something went terribly wrong <laughs> with with the Lakers that that would not be ideal well that, that's yeah really- I think that they might that there's part of me that believes that they might have signed KCP just so that they can talk to Rich Paul all year and not get any sanctions against them for it that's that's yeah yeah I mean that is the I, I've heard that talk you know that like giving KCP that big contract uh kicking 
promising young wing David Nuaba, who I like kind of a lot, uh, off the roster to give KCP even more money was just to get in the good graces of Rich Paul. It is strange to me because KCP's he's a pretty good player. You know, he's one of the top wings. There's a, there's a dearth of wings in the NBA and this guy is competent, you know, as, as a wing and can, he's very good at catch and shoot threes. And Brooke Lopez was, was low key, really good last year. I don't know what that's going to look like, how that would transition to being on, on, on a good team if that ever happens. Uh, but you know, he was promising. So it is strange that they do have these guys who are just sort of like contract placeholders, like for a year. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. They are there filling up the cap while, you know, and, and and while they try to field a competitive team. But the one issue there is that, like, if you're Brooke Lopez, do you necessarily care about winning with the Lakers as much as, you know, positioning yourself for another payday? Uh, do you, If you're KCP, you know, you already kind of missed one potential big payday. Are you going to focus as much on learning Luke Walton's sets uh, versus trying to get yourself a long-term deal. No, that was always <laughs> like that's the that's always the risk when when they when the Lakers were trying to do this the last time around because this is the exact same strategy that Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss uh, underwent before they panicked and gave Timothy Mozgov and Luol Deng all the money. But this was basically what they did is they kept on they kept their powder dry year in year out off season after off season. And they signed guys to, you know, short-term deals, kind of make good deals. But all that wound up happening there was those guys were a lot more focused on positioning themselves to get paid uh, than they were on any kind of team success. And it just made for a really weird chemistry throughout the organization. So, like, I, I hope that there's some continuity from this year to next year. But it's not looking like that's the Lakers' goal necessarily. No, I mean, there could be continuity. I, I think there is a timeline where the Lakers sign Isaiah Thomas and re-sign Brooke Lopez and run it back. I don't know. I, Did that I would just be a give you an aneurysm? Yeah, like that would that would actually hurt me physically. Like that would <laughs> – I don't want to watch – because like here's this thing. And Keith, you can you can talk about – like you, we talked about this out there in Vegas – if I'm going to root for a team that I know isn't going to be a championship contender, I'd better like the product that I'm watching on the court. And yeah. I don't think Brooke Lopez plays a style that will ever be likable on the court. Like if you have a team that has Brooke Lopez taking up 25, 30% of your cap, then I think your team is going to be really frustrating to watch. It's going to be really slow. It's going to be really boring. And I don't know if that's necessarily what I want to watch. Like you really bought in and, and Memphis really bought into the grit and grind thing. And even if they weren't always going to be this, you know, like a, a title contender necessarily uh, and definitely never really a title favorite, but you you still year in, year out, looked forward to watching that team play. And if, it, if we got to like year three of a four-year Brooke Lopez deal, I, I – I'd start root. I'd I'd start looking elsewhere for fun teams to watch because that's just it's not it's not it doesn't work in today's NBA. Brooke Lopez doesn't isn't the kind of player you want taking up a, a bunch of your cap if you're hoping to have any kind of success. I Big think, fan. I think you're <laughs> yeah. I think you're underselling Brooke Lopez a little bit with all that. I mean, this Maybe. is a, this is a guy who became a incredible not I mean incredible but like a volume three point shooter at a good rate. Like he became a legit stretch five, which is I think incredibly valuable. And it seems like the fit. I don't know how much of it's going to last with Julius Randle, but that fit seems like all right. That kind of makes sense. Like I can see that. You know, 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and with a pass first point guard in, in Lonzo ball, having your center always trailing and being at the top of the key who can shoot above the break at a really high rate. It's, it's a great fit. So I don't know. I, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I would rather go down swinging with Tony Allen and Zach Randolph than cheer for Tyreek Evans and Ben McLemore. But <laughs> from my Grizzlies perspective, but I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I also think like, I think there's a chance you guys are a pretty entertaining, very bad team. Yeah. I, oh, I, I definitely I, think they'll be entertaining next year. The Lakers will refuse to be boring. Like even, even when they, when they're just outright awful stuff is happening behind the scenes that ge- keeps people intrigued. So like, I don't think I yeah, I'd like ever they just, really worry. They're like, Oh, we're bad on the court. I'll just record my teammate admitting to infidelity on Snapchat. That'll get yeah. the views coming back in. But that's, right, like that's, that's just the big, bad. that's just big media market. I mean, yes, that yeah. story was amazing. But that, that's also like, that's just the glaring light of how many millions of people are following the Lakers as opposed to any number of things that could happen in the Grizzlies locker room and no one would care, you know, <laughs> or <laughs> like, even like be there to notice. Right. Yeah, exactly. No one is there. Like the main Grizzlies beat writer doesn't follow anything and has most of people on Twitter blocked. Like, you know, there's, there's no reporting <laughs> com- coming out of there. Yeah. You could get away with a lot in the Grizzlies locker room, I think. And uh, TMZ would never report it. Um, <laughs> looks like I got to go play for Memphis. Yeah, seriously. Well, that's the fun thing. Um, to, to, to close it up, uh, talking about the roster, there's still a couple roster holes or, or there's only 12 guys, I think under contract right now. Um, are they going to get any veteran name guys in? I, I know also this, we, there's weird talk about them talking to Dwayne Wade, but do you think they're going to be able to get anybody in just to come in and be part of the uh, Lakers franchise for the minimum? Or are we just going to be talking about mainly like D league fringe NBA guys? Magic Johnson said at the KCP press conference that they wanted to sign a veteran. So I do think that they'll be bringing in a veteran. I don't know that it'll be Dwayne Wade. It sounded like based on Woj's reports that those talks were past tense. That isn't something that's going to happen. But, you know, they could sign a guy like Darren Williams. They could sign, I think, Brandon Jennings is technically a veteran. Uh, Magic (laughs) Johnson was just, he, it sounded like they wanted to go in a veteran direction with that spot rather than a guy like say Tyler Ennis or a guy just like, like Ian Clark or something like that. It sounded like they want a vet. Jordan Farmar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I just, I, no joke. I just had somebody tweet at me that he checks all the boxes. I think they said that (laughs) he was friends with Kobe, went to UCLA, is a veteran. And then some other stuff I can't repeat, but I mean, you got Derek Rose, Derek Rose is just waiting. Loves that LA life. You're speaking it into existence right now. Derek Rose. I can't, I honestly, the, the Lakers, I assume we're going to sign two of the three of Rajon Rondo, Derek Rose and Rudy Gay. And I am stunned. They are over two and possibly going to be over three. I just don't. Can you, what I I was going to say, like, can you think of, a worse fit in today's NBA with Lonzo ball. Like I, I I will give you the entire league, almost the history of the league. Can you think of a worse fit for how Lonzo ball plays basketball than Derek Rose? I mean, it's a, it's a bad. I don't know. That's tough. I I feel like I should be able to come up with someone like Brandon Jennings. Like we just mentioned. Brandon Jennings is pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> but like it's just it's like this the the point guard who who pounds the ball into the ground and is a terrible shooter and 
isn't exactly great in the locker room. Like that's none of the things that the Lakers are necessarily interested in. So what I'm saying is you can go ahead and pre-order your Derrick Rose jerseys. That's going to be, that's good. What, what, what number? We just five uh, is five available. 24. I think he used, you just <laughs> give him. <laughs> All right. All right uh, uh, wrap it, wrapping up. Uh, what was your guys favorite Mozgov moment as a Laker? Harrison, you you probably have better ones than I do. I mean, honestly, my favorite one as a Laker was there was a streak early in the season where the Lakers, I think they won like eight consecutive games, not in a row actually, but eight games in a row in which Mozgov was hit in the face. <laughs> and that was a real stat that we were keeping where he either got hit in the face with a basketball or hit in the face with somebody's hand or shoulder or something like that. But they had like an eight or nine game streak going at the beginning of the year where when Mozgov took a shot, it was a guaranteed win for the Lakers. That's he, pretty, it, I, that's amazing. You didn't, it, it was, it was an actual thing to where I would be tweeting from silver screen or I'd be tweeting or watching these games from my account. And anytime Mozgov got hit in the face, we'd have multiple people tweeting at us. This one's in the bag, bag guys. We're going to win this one. Mozgov, <laughs> Mozgov just got hit in the face that I don't know if I'm going to be able to top that, but didn't, um, didn't Mozgov's agent like his his agent is on Twitter and I think his his profile is just basketball agent, which is <laughs> oh, about his peak. Yeah, super his, legit resume actually. <laughs> so uh, I would say like Mozgov. So everybody, you know, anybody who's owned a boat, the joke is always like the, the your two favorite days of own, owning a boat are the day that you buy it and the day that you sell it. And the day that the Lakers purchased this boat. Uh, <laughs> was was maybe one of the worst in Lakers fandom history but the it's day that they got but the day that they got rid of it somehow nearly topped it because they got rid of D'Angelo Russell too so like he was he was he was basically Lakers Titanic yeah he was that's that's how I'll remember Timothy Mozgov I I do have well, on that agent front his tweet after the Lakers signed Mozgov was just we go to LA which was awesome it's <laughs> good and uh, my fa- I guess if I had to do like a personal memory that I actually witnessed with Mozgov, my favorite one was him and Larry Nance Jr. had lockers right next to each other last year. And there were- Larry is a good talker. And so the media usually kind of crowds around him and he'll give quotes and hold court and he'd be a great politician if he ever retires. And anyway, so we're all standing there and Mozgov just wants to change. Like he wants to change and get out of there. And everybody's talking to Larry. And so Mozgov tries to imitate a Lakers PR person. And just after every answer that Larry gives, he just goes, thank you, Larry, like how they do to end press conferences. (laughs) And so Mozgov is just doing this repeatedly. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Just trying to get everybody to leave him alone. He's a good dude. He was overpaid, but he's a good dude. (laughs) Those those, those are pretty. uh, Yeah, I like that story. That's good. Um, uh, who, Who shoots more shots next year? Actually, let's go. Let's go with who plays more minutes. Corey Brewer, Luol Deng or Kyle Kuzma. Ooh, I'd say Kuzma. I I don't think like usually with with you know overpaid guys, there's some like attempt to make it look like they're trying to make good on this contract. But I think the Lakers, because it's a new regime and all of that, that they're just like you know what? Sorry, Luol Deng, <laughs> you're not you're not getting minutes. And and Corey Brewer, I guess maybe has an outside chance because he plays in actual small forward position. But I, I really think the Lakers. Kuzma is a Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka find. 
and he is coming off of this insane summer league. So I think, you know, Magic and, and Rob, who are both in the business, very much in the business of proving to everybody how right they tend to be, or if they are, if there's a chance at them showing that they might be right about something, they're going to take it. So they're going to get Kuzma as many minutes as they can. And is he going to play? I mean, is he is he going to be getting these minutes also at, at expense of Julius Randle and Larry Nance? I think, well, I think, I don't think Randall finishes this year on the Lakers. Gotcha. I, I really don't. Wow. Because... Uh, well, because he he has to get paid. Like he's going to be a restricted free agent, and the Lakers are trying to maintain as much cap flexibility as they possibly can. So you know, he he worked out really hard, and there's all these uh, Instagram pictures of him like being in shape, which always kind of annoys me. Really, when I see that from NBA players, like what what else were you doing? Yeah. Um, but like he. I think he's going to come out and they're going to try if he if he showcases any kind of ability that might entice another team enough to a you know take him on and b especially b if they can somehow attach him to Luol Deng's contract they jump at that they jump at that opportunity as quick as they possibly can. I don't I really don't think the the Lakers front court is too crowded and he's going to be too expensive. I don't think he finishes the year with the Lakers. That's wild. Harrison you you back that up. I I think there's a I, it sounds like I'm a little bit more high on Randall finishing the year with the Lakers than Anthony is, but I I don't think that the that it's impossible that he gets traded because of all the reasons that you mentioned. You know they they are essentially going to have to move him most likely if they want to compile this super team. So I could see them trading him. And then as far as which one of those guys ends up getting more minutes out of Kuzma, Dang, and Brewer, I, I think. I think it might be dang because I do think that, uh, you know, Anthony, all the stuff that you said about them not get he was another regime's mistake and them not giving him a chance uh, for that reason. It kind of makes sense. But at the same time, I think they have to see if they can get something out of him or revive his value a little bit that, to where at least maybe they don't have to give up as much when they try to trade him next summer. But like I would I, I thought I was thinking along those lines when the offseason started. But how many guys like Ben Simmons has somehow benefited in terms of perception by not playing an NBA minute? Luol Deng and Ben Simmons situations are very different. Well, yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying, though, is that Luol Deng, like some team, if they don't see Luol Deng play at all, is going to convince themselves, hey, it's only two years left on his deal. He's an, he's a veteran who might be able to come in. He hasn't been used a bunch this season. Maybe he the rest has helped him. Blah 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 blah. See, I think that if he comes in and plays backup power forward, that gives him more value than it does to just for him to straight up not play. But when would that happen? I mean, I don't know. That's not for me to figure out. I think that I I think that Randall and Nance will probably see more time at center, and I think we will see some Luol Deng at power forward. Yeah, I think you guys like he's a legit. You know, he still probably has something he can give. He can play the four. Yeah, he was fine at the four last year. Yeah, and he he, was, he wasn't worth like eighteen million dollars or however much exactly he's getting, but he was fine at the four. He's an effective NBA player at the four. Talking about Ben Simmons' status growing despite not playing a game at, at in Las Vegas at, at summer league, I saw he you know Ben Simmons was signing autographs right beside LaMelo ball. And I had that same, like, Oh, neither one of them has done anything, but they're just signing <laughs> autographs for everybody. Look how popular they are. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we went, we went long. Thanks for uh, giving me time and, and hanging out with me. Uh, I got to say, 
if you listener are ever going to Las Vegas Summer League, it is very important to make alliances with Lakers fans because they're everywhere. So it's it's very important, you know, to like make yourself some good contacts. You got to develop these contacts with Lakers people because they're going to save you seats because these are general mm-hmm. admission things. And those Lakers fans are crazy. They want to see their new rookie so bad. So uh, Anthony and, and Harrison both uh, and, and their friends keep hooking me up. Really appreciate that. Uh, gentlemen, you, yeah, got, you got to get, get excited. You're going to get to see Leangelo ball at summer league next year. Yeah. They'll let him shoot half court at every game. Once again, uh, <laughs> trying to win tickets to Tim McGraw and faith Hill. All right, guys, uh, <laughs> what, pl- plug y'all stuff and we'll get out of here. Well, locked on Lakers is the show. Uh, we record right now. It's every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, it's a lot of what you heard me and Harrison fighting and bickering over Lou Alding, maybe getting minutes at the four. Uh, so if you enjoyed that, great. Listen to that on, on all the places that I tell everybody to find that. And then Harrison writes a ton for silver screen and roll. Harrison's probably the most productive blogger in the blogosphere. I would probably say. That's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to edit that out (laughs) (laughs) take that note (laughs) all right harrison and anthony thanks a bunch and i will talk to you guys soon anytime man this should happen way sooner yeah i was waiting for my invite but you know whatever (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks to anthony and harrison really really friendly guys the more i go to las vegas the more i actually just keep meeting incredibly friendly lakers fans which is good for me Uh, it humanizes the enemy it lets me know they're fun guys they like hanging out doing all the same stuff laughing at basketball just like everyone else the very important lesson as we walk through life you want to support us go to patreon.com slash fast break breakfast like us on facebook Follow me on Twitter at Fast Break Break. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being GNG. Fast Break Break, man. You understand?